there is a cloud. You know what I love that, about that song so much is that when we think of clouds over our lives, a lot of times we think of the negative, right? We think of a cloud as being something that kind of maybe darkens our day. I love, what I love most, thank you, sir. What I love most about that song is the cloud doesn't signify darkness. The cloud signifies rain. And that right there is a blessing. That's why I love that song so much because on first glance there is a cloud over our lives. It's like, oh, gosh, there's a cloud. It, it's, it's, it's dark, you know. It's, but there's a cloud because we're about to receive God's rain. Amen? Amen. That was... Not in my notes. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. Uh, it's been a few weeks, like I said, since I've been here, uh, and it's just been awesome to be back. And, and uh, you know, I was traveling a little bit. Last weekend, I was in New York City, and I was, are we good with the mic? I don't know if we're good with the mic. We good? Okay. I know I, the, I put on the lapel mic. You guys aren't used to this right here, but I put on the lapel mic earlier. It wouldn't stay on. My ears are weird, so it was just flapping around. So I was like, I'm using this. Hey, so, so we were in New York City last, uh, last weekend. Sydney and I got a chance to go on vacation, and uh, girls stayed home. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, but no, <laughs> we, we got a chance to uh, do some traveling a little bit. We went to Washington, D.C. Saw the fireworks on um, 4th of July at Washington, D.C., which was really cool. Uh, we stayed there on the National Mall. Which, by the way, is not a mall. If you knew that, I didn't know that. I was thinking, National Mall, what, where are we going? Where's the H&M, right? I was like, where, where's this, this is just a big old grass field for like a mile. That's the mall. So I didn't know that. But we went to New York City, and there were plenty of H&Ms there. And uh, we were in Times Square, stayed outside of Times Square a little bit. Uh, got a chance to if you walk around. It, it was just good, good to be away, good to see some things that, I uh, had never seen before with Washington, D.C. I had never seen any of those things before. And uh, it was just an awesome blessing for us to be able to do that. Uh, but, but we're back. And uh, I, someone apologized to me uh, recently saying, hey, you have to preach on the, the Sunday you get back. And I, I said, no, I love this stuff. I, this energizes me uh, to be able to share the gospel, the good news. I don't feel like anyone should apologize for having to share the good news. Amen. Anyone should apologize for having to share the gospel because I believe it's the hope of the world. Uh, maybe you walked in here and, didn't be and don't believe that. That's cool. I'm glad you're here, but that's what I believe. I believe it's the hope of the world. And we are in the book of Acts. We're in a series right now on the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters in Acts, which means we got a 28-week series. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We don't have 28 weeks together. But uh, what we do, we're just not all going to focus on Acts. But we're going to jump around a little bit. Next week, I can't wait to hear Dr. Dan preach next week. He's going to be here to share the word with us. And he is an awesome man of God. And it's just really awesome listening to him. You learn so much in just like, a, like 40 minutes. You're like, whoa! Like a whole semester of learning and you know, medical terms and all this stuff. Sweet. But uh, we're in Acts 5. If you want to turn your Bibles there. You brought your Bible. You guys bring your Bibles? Yeah, you guys are holding up your cell phones. I know. I've been there. Got the Bible app. Right? That's your, that's your Bible. Hey, we got the Word of God, and we're going to share in the Word together today. And, uh, oh, my voice just changed. Ted <laughs> just went through a, a part of my life here. Some new, new experiences. 
Acts 5 says this, verse 12, we're going to start in verse 12. And it says this, the apostles performed many miracles, or many signs and wonders among the people. As you were here, if you were here last week, you heard the importance of signs and wonders. And, 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 and honestly, we talked about that, Kurt talked about that last week with the wonder of God. And many of us have lost the wonder. All the believers... All the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. I didn't know what a colonnade was. I had to look that up. Apparently it means porch. Don't know why I didn't say just porch. No one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, verse 14, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Guys, this is the first church. As a result, people brought the sick to the, into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. This sounds familiar to me. I mean, we're looking at a picture right now of this explosion of the church, this picture right now of, of the momentum behind what was going on. But this sounds familiar because I just read Luke. And Luke chapter 6 says this. Listen, guys, listen to the familiarity of the text Luke chapter 6, verse 17, he went down with them, he meaning Jesus, and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him, because power was coming from him. And healing them all. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is familiar with what we just read, right? This is, this is, this is a very, even some of the same verbiage from what we just read. But when Jesus says in John, we're skipping around, I know, follow with me. When Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. And I don't have it on the screen, but John 16. Jesus says, I must leave. I must go on. Because if I don't leave, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper won't come. So I'm going to get out of here. And the advocate is going to come. I'm going to send the spirit. I'm going to send it on you. But I need to get out of the way. This is, this is different. This is not what I'm used to. This is Jesus saying, I'm going to step away. You're going to do even greater things. You know, growing up and hearing this, 
I always thought that maybe Jesus was trying to, you know, give a holy pep talk, you know. Like, he didn't really mean that you were going to do greater things. Like, he, he was like, he's Jesus, right? I mean, he probably was just thinking about, like, you know, like a rallying cry to get the troops ready, right, for the next step. You know, I, I think about when I coach basketball. I mean, how many times, how many times do I tell a kid, like, you're going to be awesome. And inside I'm like, you're not really going to be that awesome. Hey, man, you're going to do great out there. I promise you, you know, if you work hard, you're going to get to this level. Uh, inside, I'm like, yeah, good luck, bro. <laughs> I promise that's not me, but sometimes you get those feelings of like, oh, maybe this is just Jesus just amping them up a little bit for what's next, right? But does he really mean that you're going to do greater things? Does he really mean that, that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon us Maybe it's just a different author, you know, Luke and Acts, maybe. Nope, same author. Same author, same verbiage. One could argue that this is an example of even a greater thing, what we read in Acts. People touching out, reaching out to touch Jesus in Luke versus in Acts. People just trying to get in the shadow of Peter. Just so his shadow passes over him. That sounds even, that, that sounds like something greater than even touching. Just to get in the shadow. There's a pastor I used to listen to a lot in college. He described following Jesus as a, a rabbi in training follows his rabbi, an apprentice follows his rabbi, right? Because in the Old Testament, this is all Peter knew. This is all Peter knew was, was what his, his mind went to the, the Old Testament. And what do apprentices and what do followers do with their rabbi? Well, they follow after their rabbi. And, and, and even this, this pastor that I listened to a while back would even talk about the dust. The dust of the feet of the rabbi would get on and get all over the person that was following that rabbi. They were so close, the apprentice, the follower, was so close to their rabbi that the dust from the sandals of their feet would get on them because they were so close, because they were so near, because they followed so nearly. Maybe that's why Peter, on a stormy sea, with waves 10 feet tall, looked out and saw his rabbi walking on the ocean, on the sea. And maybe that's why Peter said, I want to follow in the footsteps of my rabbi. I want to be near my rabbi. I want to do everything, and I'm going to fix my eyes upon my rabbi, and I'm going to step out this boat. I'm going to step out the boat, and I'm going to walk and stand and do what my rabbi did and do what my rabbi is doing, to step into the water. As long as my eyes are fixed, I can step into the water and walk just like my Rabbi, 
And the waves were big and the storm was brutal. And his eyes were fixed. And then what happened? Once he noticed the size of the waves, once he noticed the dark seas, once he noticed the stormy gales, once he took his eyes off the rabbi, what happened? He started to sink. But you can see, you can see that when you follow close to the rabbi, and you can see when Peter's thought process was, I'm going to do what you do, Father. I'm going to do what you do, Rabbi. The thought process behind it. I don't know how to preach this. I don't know how to preach this message without proclaiming that we have been given God's power through the Holy Spirit. We are a light of the world. The light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Acts 4.20. Acts 4.20. We are compelled. Kurt talked about it last week. We can't help but share the good news. We can't help but share the light. We can't help but share the power. Have you ever flown into a big city at night? Ever flown in to a big city? It's nighttime. And what do you see? You see lights, right? You see lights. Okay, good. We're all on board here, most of us. You see lights. And, and, and just because it's dark outside doesn't mean the lights aren't visible. Just because it's dark around you doesn't mean lights not visible. Sydney and I, as I said, we went to New York City. Spent some time in New York City. I'm telling you what, New York City is crazy, okay? If you've never been there, uh, yeah, just, just put, your, put, your, uh, put your wallet in your front pocket instead of your back. All right? So, so <laughs> some of you guys will get that. But listen, New York City is an awesome city. Awesome city. But we were there, and, and uh, from our hotel room, you could, you could see at nighttime, you could see it from our hotel room. We were on the 28th floor, so we weren't, like, crazy high. It seemed high. I was like, uh but it was, it, was, it was 28 fours up. You could see, we, weren't, we couldn't see Times Square, but we could see the effects of Times Square. So there's buildings around us, and we could see the light dancing across the, on the buildings from Times Square. Cut like four blocks down, right? We couldn't see Times Square. We couldn't see the lights. You could see the, the effect of the lights on the buildings. And I, it was just a crazy experience. We were down there in Times Square, and... And there's these street performers down there and everything. And if you, okay, word of the wise, by the, by the way, if, if, if you're going to Times Square and they start this street performance, just duck. Get out of the way. Okay? Because these dudes, we're watching some hip-hop show, all right? They're, and they took forever because they want to get as much money as possible, right? And it took forever to actually do things. And, and they're out there trying to, they're not asking for volunteers like we do in church. They're just going and grabbing them. I'm going to try it sometime. Hey, man, we need this. Come on. Some of you ushers know. Some of you ushers know. I grab you on Sunday mornings. Hey. But, but no, they, 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 don't, they, they don't ask for volunteers. And what they were doing is they were, to take, they were lining up all these guys on, in, in Times Square. And all, these, all these grown men, they were lining them all up. And the dude was going like, to do a flip over the whole, the whole lot of them. And what they were doing is they were taking guys from, like, every nationality. 
So they were like, well, we need a tall, skinny white guy, or we need, you know, we need, we need some color in this. And so we're going to bring different, different nationalities in, in this group of people. So I was standing up on this deal. And once they start doing that, I'm telling you, they just grab you. When I, I, you know, I, I, I was looking over, you know, everyone's around, and I'm looking over. I'm kind of tall, so I'm looking over people. And, um, and, and I, I start going like this. <laughs> I'm telling you. I was like, I'm not getting kicked for this. Because not only, do, not only is it a waste of time, but they're going to expect me to, like, have to give them 20 bucks to do it or something. I don't know. Okay. But, but I'm going to be down here like this. I'm just like, I don't, they don't see me. I don't want to get picked. How many of you guys have been there? You've been there in your classrooms in high school. Hey, who knows the answer to this? <laughs> right? You guys, that was me this past weekend in Times Square. I was just like, don't pick me. Don't pick me. They come up right next to me, and they, this is Asian guy right next to me. And they needed, they needed an Asian for the group. My bad. There's this, there's this Asian guy right next to me, and they're picking this, and they're picking every nationality, Right? They're picking every nationality, and, and there's this guy, and he's probably like 50 years old. And, and they come up, and they say, hey, you, you. The dude just splits. He took off. He almost fell off this blockade. He was right next to me. He, he take fastest time ever, fastest I've ever seen an Asian run. Not, a, not, a, not as fast as I've ever seen an Asian drive, but I've fast, ever seen an Asian run. Sorry, my bad. Took off. And we're sitting there like, don't pick us, right? But I'm telling you about the, about the energy of that place. One of the things me and Sydney talked about was we, we didn't never know, ever know what time it was when we were there. You don't know what time it is because it could be midnight. And it was midnight one time. And it was so bright. And the lights were so bright. And everyone was still moving and hustling and bustling. And everyone was out still. And it was just, it was midnight. And we didn't even know. We thought it was like 8, didn't we? We thought it was like 8 o'clock at night. Isn't it crazy how we can be lifted up by others' energy? I'm not going to try to get all, all weird on you guys, but I'm telling you right now, the lights and the energy of the people, I feel like maybe that's how a church should be. I feel like that's how we should be. That our light should shine so much that you can't even maybe see us, but you see the effects of us. That our light should shine so bright sometimes and that we have an energy about us that when people come in contact with us, they want to be around. They want to be a part of what we're doing, what we're going, where we're going, our vision. Let me say it again. Just because the darkness is all around us doesn't mean we can't see the city because of the lights. Cannot be hidden. We are given a light. Lights are the reason for the city's visibility. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, to make Jesus Lord of our lives, when we say yes to his invitation of grace, we receive this light. When we say yes to Jesus' invitation of grace, we receive this light. It was never meant to be hidden. It was never meant to go out. When God moves into the neighborhood of our heart and our soul, the light switch goes from off to on. 
It's never supposed to go out. We carry the hope of the world, the light of the world. We carry it with us. That's good news. But what happens? But what happens a lot of times? Oh, we get busy. We get busy, so that light's covered up a bit. We get tired. Unexpected bills come up. We're no longer giving out of a spirit of generosity, but we're giving out of duty. Unexpected homework for some of you youngsters. Unexpected, right? Like, okay, I got this going on. I can't. The light is, it was bright, but now it's kind of like there's so much going on. Man, I tell you what, like, sometimes we turn off our lights when it's necessary. We use our lights only when it's necessary, and then we turn them off when it's not needed. We turn them on when it's convenient, don't we? Oh, it's Sunday. (laughs) It's Sunday. I'm going to love people. I'm going to bless people. I'm going to love people. By the way, can we get rid of the phrase love on people? Can we get rid of that phrase to scratch it? That's weird. Don't be weird, guys. Love on people. Come on. Like, like I always do that. I always, I'm a part of a bunch of youth ministry uh, uh, blogs and um, youth ministry Facebook groups, right, uh, all throughout the nation. And there's, there's always someone who's like, oh, you know, I just got into youth ministry just because I don't want to love on teenagers. Love on? Do you love teenagers? You don't love on teenagers. That's weird. Don't be weird, okay? All right, we're going to get rid of that phrase. We're getting rid of it. But you want to love people. You want to bless them today for this hour and a half that we're here. I'm pumped. I got my light shining bright. I'm in here. No one can see my light. Everyone kind of agrees on why we're here, right? So I'm going to go ahead and shine this nice and bright. Pumped. Arkansas, yes. Shine this light on. Arkansas, I go, go to Arkansas, we have these experiences in Arkansas, man, it just feels so good to serve, and it feels so good to be a part, you know, and there's just something special about this place. Man, there's nothing special about this place besides that the Holy Spirit is there, and the Holy Spirit is here. Yes, gather around, children, you parents pull out your Bible, gather around, children, it's the holidays, so we're going to talk about the Christmas story. Kids looking at you like... What's that book in your hands, and why is it so dusty? Some 409 up in here. Right? It's the holidays, just, you know, shining bright like a diamond. Oh, yeah, I got the light. I got it. It's bright right now. I got this light. But I'm going to dim it down a bit today, tonight. I'm going to dim it down a little bit because my buddy's got a bachelor party. I'm going to dim this light a little bit because he's got a bachelor party. You know, we don't know what could happen. I'm sure God will understand it's going to be lit tonight. Not this way. I'm going to dim it down a bit for my circumstance. I'm going out with the fellas tonight. I got the light, but, you know, I don't know what could happen. Might need to 
Just hit this little button, super easy. Just hit it all. Night goes. Next day, Sunday. Oh, let's turn it back on. And sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes the media shines, shines lights on a problem, and everyone gets behind that problem. Everyone, everyone values that problem in that moment. Everyone can count on like, yeah, you know, this is happening in our world, and it's bad, and we need to be, on, we need to be ready for that, and we need to serve, and we need to respond to that issue because the media sits all over our TVs. You know, it's a problem. And it's worse because sometimes we, we serve and we shine because it's popular to. I had a friend tell me one time that it sure is sexy to give to a mission organization, but not so much to keep the AC on in here. We can't be content to serve when it's popular, church. Hear me. We can't be content to say we've done our part because we put a praying for Paris filter on our Facebook photo. Oh, we did our part. We can't be content to only feel close to God when we're on a mission trip. We can't be content to be, to be the people that tithe only when the music fits our taste. Because the people on the ground, the people who are actually in the thick of the fight on the front lines day in and day out, when the media spotlight is long gone and the funding goes away and the needs become even greater, but we don't know that because the media went away. They're on to the next. Hurricane Katrina, great example of that. Everyone wanted to serve, and they did, and it was awesome. But I tell you what, once the spotlight moved on, there were people in disarray and disaster. There's nobody to help because the spotlight had moved on. Isn't that right? The people on the ground, the people that have stuck it out, they know that the light was never meant to flicker out. Look at the very next text with me, if you will. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Then the high priest and his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They were filled with jealousy because all this was happening. The church was exploding. People were being healed. They were filled with jealousy about it. And what happened? The next, next verse, verse 18. They arrested the apostles and they put them in jail. So we go from this exciting momentum of the first church to being locked up. Sorry, guys. I'm sweating. It's hot. Gary asked me, I just saw you in a different shirt. I know, because when you get here on Sunday mornings, you got to change shirts. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Renovation Church. Can you praise God in the dry places? When the excitement dies down, does your light stay lit? 
What about when it's hard? What about the verse 18s in our lives, the jails, the locked upness of our lives? What about when you're, you know, this is funny because I, I look at a lot of times, this is kind of what we do in youth ministry. In youth ministry, we, we, we always take, uh, we always see some leaders that come in each year, and they're adults, college students, and uh, a lot of times they ask, you know, what can I do? What role can I play? And I say, you just need to show up. And I do that on purpose, especially right out the gate, because it's really easy to jump on board when the program is hot. And it's really easy to jump on board when you're about to take this trip. And it's fun. You got a chance to go away. But when you're staring at some, some girl face to face on a Wednesday night, just an ordinary Wednesday night, and she tells you she has an eating disorder, and you're like, I have no plan for this. I got no tools. I feel so inadequate. You gonna run then? Light gonna go out then? Or what about when you're face to face with a teenager who says they're leaving the youth group? They're leaving forever because they're going back into foster care. May never see them again. True stories. Light stay lit. Not very exciting right now, God. Not much to uh, jump for joy about. No roller coasters, no six flag trips right now. What if the light flickers out a bit and church becomes boring? Church becomes boring. I ain't going to church. Church is just eh. It's the same thing every week. Let me tell you something. If you, if you think church is boring, you need to move to China. I'm serious. And also, we need to take a look at as a staff and as a church and as a church leadership team, as a church board, and look at ourselves and say, is our church boring? Because if it is, we got to make some changes. Church should never be boring. It's the hope of the world. Can you praise, can you praise God in the dry places? I bet it was exciting the day the Israelites moved out of captivity. I bet that day, and we read about it, don't we? There's movies made about it. We, we, they're running, right? We're free, freedom. Been in captivity for so long, and there's freedom and excitement in that. But what about later in the wilderness for years, and they're walking around saying, oh, we'd rather be in captivity. The light was so bright, man, that when, when Moses, when God threw Moses part of the Red Sea, man, that light was shining. And then they're wandering in the wilderness. And years pass. And they start having temptation to pray to other gods. Giving themselves over to it. They get hungry. How quickly we allow our lights to be put under a bowl.
when you're tired and it's the middle of the week and you have to fight traffic to make it to your post. When that Six Flags trip turned into a daily struggle to trust in the God of the wilderness. You know, we live in a culture that's all about our convenience rather than our calling. Convenience over calling. It's seeped into our churches. It's rushed into our churches. Our culture is all about what's most convenient for me. And if it's convenient for me, I'll do it. If it's not, nope. I don't care what my calling is. I don't care what my light looks like. I don't care what. If it's not convenient, I can't do it. I'm going to have Stuart and the band come back up. Don't get too excited. I'm not done. <laughs> and as they come, I want to point out real quick while they're coming that this is a participatory service. There's never an audience and a performer. I think we need, to, we need to think about that one for a second. There's not an audience and performers. We are participants in the story of God. Every last one of us. And we all have gifts, and many of your gifts are way, in my mind, way cooler than mine. And way cooler than Stewart's and way cooler than Jacob's. And, and, and we need to participate in the story of God. What was happening in this first church was the momentum of people rolling up together and saying, Hey, look, we are together in this. We will share our sufferings. We will share our food. We will share our things together. And no matter what it takes, we'll take the gospel to this broken world. This is participatory. If you want to shout at me and you want to yell and you want to raise your hands, you want to stand up, that's fine. Let's do it. If you want to clap your hands and praise, you know what? We talked about this last week. If you want to just sit in the back, that's cool. But I'm telling you right now, when you come to the front, there's something different about this place. And I know I'm stepping on toes. I'm sorry. But when you're standing up front and you hear this music and it's just, and, and the spirit overwhelms you. And maybe you're not that way. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not an enthusiast like me. There's something about this movement, guys. And if we just see it as a, oh, on Sunday morning for an hour and a half, I'm going to go ahead and flick it on. And then Monday comes, and Mondays are the worst, right? We're going to read, keep reading Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because despite verse 18, despite verse 18, there's a verse 19. There's a verse 19. How many of y'all need a verse 19 in your life? Despite verse 18, in prison, in the jail, in the public jail, getting locked up, taking everything you have, taking away your freedom. There's a verse 19. Come on, church. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the jails, opened the doors of the jail, and brought them out. Listen and remember, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. When you're down to the bottom of the barrel, 
God is up to something else. And you may not see it, and it may not be real to you right now, but I promise you, I promise you, there's work going on behind the scenes in the heavenly realms for your life, for your soul. I can promise you, he's up to something. Maybe you thought your light went out. Maybe somebody broke your light. You know what's cool? This past week, I was in a staff meeting with Pastor Gina. And Pastor Gina talked about something called borrowed hope. And your light was broken. And guess what happens with broken glass? It reflects. Other lights around it reflect upon that broken glass. And now all of a sudden, you're shining because of other people's light. We all are in this together. Skip on down to verse 25. Sorry to make you guys stand. You guys are good though, right? You're cool. Verse 25. Then somebody came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared what the people, that the people would stone them. How many... Oh, man, here's, here's the thing. They didn't use force because they were afraid of the people that were listening to the apostles. They were afraid they would stone them, that they would have a, an uprising. Even the authorities of the world are no match for the light we carry. So much that when others hear about our light, Hear our words. Watch our light shine. Even watch our lights break sometimes and how we respond to it. Even watch the light break us out of the prisons we've put in or maybe the prisons that we put ourselves in. That light breaks forth. That even those that we've touched along the way, they have our back. Because of the power that's at work within us. Come on. Verse 29 says this. Skip on down. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God. Now let me, let me say this. He just basically sums up the gospel right here. He sums it up for you. We must obey God, Peter said, rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he may bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses to these things. And so the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Peter is boldly proclaiming the gospel. And he's doing it in the face of certain death. The chapter goes on to show the Sanhedrin furious and want to take him out. Take out these apostles. Stone them. Do what we need to do. Take them out because right now, right now they're, they're, they're threatening our way of life. They're threatening what we've worked so hard for. And that's what Jesus, Jesus, Jesus doesn't necessarily care too much about what, how hard you work. He cares what you're working for. Who you're working for. They were furious, and a Pharisee stood up. Gamaliel, I think his name is. I don't know. I don't know how to speak that language. But Gamaliel, stepping in to show the evidence he's seen in the Spirit. 
evidence of the light that you've seen. Even our enemies can see the light. He says, verse 38, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose is, or activity is of human origin, it will fail. It will fail. But, it is, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, these women, this church. It is, if it's from God, whoo, we got somebody on our side that supersedes any earthly power. Something on our side that supersedes any evil power. We got the light of the Holy Spirit and God on our side. It cannot be stopped. What God has given you, Jacob, cannot be stopped. What God has given you, Jordan, cannot be stopped. God has given us. See, here's the thing. Flashlight don't work too bad, too good in the, in the dark, does it? Flashlights are meant to be in the dark. Doesn't work the greatest in the light. There's a story. You've heard it before, maybe. Christine Kane tells the story of her daughter in line at Walmart. Walmart's got all those big fluorescent lights, right? We love Walmart. She's got these big fluorescent lights. And her daughter wanted to, she bought her daughter a flashlight. Her daughter was turning it on and off in the checkout line. Turning it on and off. Couldn't really see it very well. So she says, Mom, let's go find some darkness. And isn't that where we all are at? But we have a light. And if we only turn it on on Sunday mornings, man, it's bright. It's bright in here. But if we turn this light on in the darkest of places, and maybe some of us need to go find some darkness. We're going to take communion together. We're going to sing, there is a cloud. We receive rain like we receive communion. Hey. I talked to my intern, Bailey, who's a very smart person, and Bailey says, we don't take communion, we receive it. I thought, man, I never heard that before. Thank you, Bailey. I knew I hired you for a reason. <laughs> communion we receive. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup, the cup of the covenant, and he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. We're free. We're free, y'all. Because of this grace and this, this, this bread and this cup poured out take now and eat to your soul's content. If you've never taken communion here, we do it a little bit different. 
We sing while we do it because church shouldn't be boring. We go down the outside aisles, come up to the front, it's in tension. So you basically take the bread, the wafer, whatever it is down there, and you dip it in the cup. And you take it or you take it back to your seat, whatever you want to do. No requirements for communion to me. I've cleared this with Pastor Kurt, but I like to say, if you're looking for God, take now. His supper, the Lord's supper. So we're going to stand, if I could have you guys stand, and we're going to close after communion is over. But we're going to take communion together. The light of the world is upon you. Take this time now and remember. And this isn't trying to make anyone feel guilty. This sermon is not about that. This sermon is about you realizing how powerful you are through the Lord Jesus. How much light you carry, maybe you don't even realize it. But I'm going to invite you now to come after I pray. And take communion and then go back to your seats down through the middle aisle. Father, we are so, God, we're worn out. We need your love. We need your, we need your, the voice of hope in our lives, God. Maybe for some of us it's the borrowed hope that Pastor Gina was talking about. Maybe for some of us it's the realization that the hope exists. Maybe for some of us it's putting our, 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 our agenda aside, falling to our knees and saying, God, fill me because I am empty, as Stuart said earlier. Your light shines upon us, God. Help us to reflect that light to this dying, hurting world around us. Thank you for these elements. This cup of juice and these little look like tortilla strips today is a moment that you don't want to miss with us so we ask this in Jesus name Amen